Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Welcome, everyone, to an EOL It's summertime, summertime, supper, 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 no, summer. Wait, I'm about to do a Snoopy song. That's not good. Uh, summertime. And with summer, we, as in myself, the, the comparable Byron. Hello, Byron. Mm-hmm. Hello. At, and third chair alum, Rodney, from a show that you might also hear on this very network called High Contrast. Hello, Rodney. Hello. I'm actually allowed back on this show since episode five. It's been a long yes. time. Yeah, since Christmas. A couple of years ago. So, uh, with it being summertime, we decided, the three of us, that it would be good to kind of sort of give you some things to watch during the summer, some marathon programming to mainline through the weekends and uh, watch until your eyes bleed. And, uh, you know, Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, HBO Go. I mean, there's endless amounts of opportunities here to just veg out on the couch and get that pizza de jour, $11 for all the toppings, whatever and watch some really killer television, especially in the films and theaters, uh, getting all like expensive and you got to drive there. Ah, No, you got plenty of hours of television to watch right there at home and some great genre television if you haven't watched it already. Byron, give me a pick. Who needs a self-driving car when you've got Netflix, right? (laughs) Well, Well, it's got um, Nightrider on it. Well, that's true. If it doesn't sound like Kit or or, uh, Principal Feeney, um, I don't want it. Oh, so, look at you. <laughs> what did I do? Uh, well, my pick is Girl Meets World from Disney. No. <laughs> Does it have William I Daniels? Because if William Daniels is not there, I'm out. You've just totally ruined this for me. <laughs> well, I'm going to be watching a lot of dystopian stuff this summer. And I, I never used to be a big fan of it, but I guess we all change. And... Uh, it all started off when I was watching Dexter. Somebody got me into that years ago, and it was all this serial killer stuff. And then I slipped into Breaking Bad, and then Ooh. Orange is the New Black kind of got sucked into that. that. So uh, the new version, or the new series of Orange is the New Black will be coming out on June 6th. And uh, I, I find that show extremely good, and I think it's worth watching. So that's uh, one I of my picks. Uh, a certain Captain Janeway is in that. Yes, believe it or not. In fact, I didn't realize it until until somebody else told me that. And then I went, really? And I had to go back and look. Yeah, that's her. And I, I looked online and found a picture of her side by side as Captain Janeway and Red. And it was like, <laughs> whoa, that's a major difference. <laughs> the L Word is also on Netflix. And there's some famous actresses on that, too, that you go, whoa, what? Whoa, hello. That's interesting. I did, uh, all right, then. And uh Civil Shepherd is a long way from moonlighting in that show. It's um, a very, very interesting thing. You could watch that. I need to watch Orange is the New Black. Now, I have seen House of Cards uh, both seasons, which was just astounding. Kevin really gets – Kevin Spacey is is Frank Underwood, and that is just an amazing character. And uh, I was never a fan of the West Wing, but I really like House of Cards. There's some really Robin Wright does amazing in season two. Very big fan of that series. Rodney, what do you think you can add to the pile? Well, let's see. Uh, speaking of actresses that are a long way from their original best known works, uh, if you watch Castle, Susan Sullivan plays uh, Richard Castle's mother, and it's a long way from Falcon Crest. <laughs> 
Long and also uh, Malcolm Reynolds is in that or a certain gentleman from Firefly, uh, Nathan Fillion, <laughs> yes, which you can also yes. watch on Netflix and Serenity. Those are really good. You can get through that pretty quick because there's not a whole lot of Serenity episodes, sadly. Uh, no, but uh, my, my first pick would probably be Friday Night Lights. Which was oh. which aired on NBC back between 2006 and 2010. There's five seasons. The second season sort of dies in the middle because of the writer's strike that went on in 2007. Yeah, that affected uh, one of my shows too that I'm going to recommend. So it's kind of 18 episodes that you really can probably skip because in season three they just sort of reboot the whole thing with the same characters. Uh, Do they use the excuse of alternate timeline? <laughs> um, no. In a show about Texas football, I could only hope. No, but it's, it's basically a, te- a football coach comes, he teaches a high school football team to the state championship, yada, yada, you know, gives you the big feel of Texas football, which a lot of people say, it's really not like that. And then you talk to somebody from Texas and they say, it's like that. And yet it's I, even yes, worse. I, I actually knew someone who uh, was an athletic trainer in uh, Tomball High School. And yeah, I, there was a lot of stories where it was like, it was exactly like that. Did they get the season that was only on DirecTV? Because remember, I, I think that fell off and then there was a DirecTV season yeah, produced. The, or The, the fifth, uh, fifth season is actually uh, not on NBC. So um, it is it is yeah, in so the there. Netflix feed. So you got that. Let's see. Who was the one? There was one cast member that everybody sort of forgets was in it is Mina Kunis. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. See, nobody knew. Yeah. Huh. Well, I've never seen this show, but I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. You Ms. just added Little, to my pile. Uh, Miss Little lied about her age to be on that 70s show. She tells that story often yeah. uh, that she was um, younger than she was supposed to be. Actually, she was also in Orange is the New Black, I believe, right? I believe so. Because I I, I remember I I thought one of these women looked familiar, and I looked her up on IMDb, and she was on that 70s show. That's what triggered that. I was like, oh, yeah, because her hair is brown in this this show. She's the uh, second Meg on Family Guy, which is also on Netflix. If you want to catch up seasons 1 through 11, uh, those are available on Netflix, as well as American Dad and The Cleveland Show. So you can catch up on all your Seth MacFarlane if you don't go out to the theater to see A Thousand Ways to Die in the West. I so, am so, um, so with so with Friday Night Lights. Just so people don't get scared because we just mentioned football and <laughs> people might be a little yes, worried about considering that. our it's, audience. Yes, yeah, sports I'm might the not be position. the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 sort of a high school drama type show built <clears throat> around football. So it's not like football is the major storyline. A lot of the so time, you're saying so. it's Glee with football. Okay, what are, what are uh-huh. right. I'm, I'm ready to All come right. there. Okay, understood. All right, <laughs> uh, I, I I retract my statement apparently, and uh, no to the Glee. Uh, didn't know I could actually stop the podcast dead in the first run. That's easy. That's interesting. Byron, you were going to say. I, I was going to say I was actually very surprised by a football movie that I really liked, and it was called Varsity Blues. That was actually that was very entertaining. Yes, the whipped cream scene. Uh, one of the theories <laughs> that I um, I didn't say if, why um, I liked it. <laughs> okay, if, if 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 you if you like Varsity Blues, then Friday Night Lights is pretty much taking that and making it into a TV series. It's pretty yeah, much okay. the exact same premise. The star football player goes down, backup comes in, same gist. You know, hey, we're yeah, making parallels. Gotcha. That's interesting because you mentioned the writer's strike. One of my selections is Chuck with uh, Yvonne Strahovski, 
who is in the new 24 Die Another Day and Zachary Levi and a story that was ripped off by CBS's intelligence. I don't care what they say. Uh, it was a rip off of Chuck, which was nerdy guy who works at what is obviously a best buy knockoff or computer city knockoff in what's called the nerd herd or the it crew. And he gets an email from a friend of his uh, who he knew from college and he is opening up this attachment and it's the best virus ever because it puts all the CIA information in his head. He becomes the intersect and he can remember things or uh, know how to do things just by thinking about it with all the information that's been programmed into his brain. It is kind of a action comedy. It has a Baldwin in it, but not the way you think of a Baldwin. It's not that kind of Baldwin. It's got a Serenity Firefly cast member in it. Uh, Mr. Jane himself, uh, Adam Baldwin, is in that particular uh, series. He's awesome in that, by the way. Crown Vic, great Does story. he wear the hat? No, he does not wear the hat, but he gives that look, the one where he just kind of glares and just stands off to the side. And he actually carries some of the firearms in the same way that he did on Firefly. So there's some, some carryover. <laughs> they don't have the open joke though. You know, there's that joke in Castle where Nathan dresses up like uh, Mal and says he's a space cowboy for Halloween. And he's yes. obviously in his, you know, Ser uh, Serenity um, Firefly costume. Not, not that kind of stuff. I think there is a Buffy joke in there though, but Chuck has five seasons. Unfortunately, one of those seasons was affected by the writer strike, just like you were saying with Friday Night Lights. It kind of took a while to get back from that. However, in long form, sitting down watching episode after episode, uh, you won't notice it nearly as much. It's a very stylized show. It has lots of popular music within it that's not a knock against it. There are some ancillary characters that really grow as the show continues. There's a love story, so there's something to watch with your significant other. It is one of my faves and shot very cinematically and just really enjoyed it. And if you're willing to give it a little bit of leadway, and it's a little goofy at times, but, you know, so was Alias, um, then you'll really enjoy Chuck. It's a great show, and it has some hysterical characters. And I'm hoping, hoping... Uh, that they'll do a, a TV movie or at least a VOD that will kind of pick up where it left off. Because when you get to season five, you may have one of those no moments and kind of like 24 live another day where it kind of left off and then came back four years later and became um, 24 again. Now, after mm. the writers, now after the writers strike, did they sort of bring in extra characters just to try and boost appeal because didn't they bring in uh stacy keebler from wwe they were good at stunt casting you have summer glaw in there you have you have uh oh gosh my mind just totally went blank um you have uh linda hamilton you have several genre people in fact uh quantum leap himself is oh, in boy. there um yeah so no he plays a really good character actually and that's that's kind of a a neat one. It's better than what he did on Enterprise. Uh, <laughs> Timothy Dalton. So you've got a Bond in there. Uh, there are a lot of uh, stunt casting in the show. And Stone Cold Steve Austin actually is in it twice. And uh, he plays a funny character. What? Uh, yeah, uh, literally that. He's actually what? that. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. The, you need the question mark too, you know. <laughs> On the shirt. Uh, the, so uh, there are some really funny moments and it really does become one of those, oh, dude, that's so-and-so kind of moments. And 
Um, it is, again, a te television show. Uh, it does have some arcs, some big story arcs. And uh, it does have some just really neat score. I like the score work in this particular series as well. And if you're really a big fan, uh, hop on over to uh, Chuck TV. Uh, ChuckTV.net was the series uh, kind of unofficial podcast that went along with it. And they had some really good interviews. So if you really want, that's one of those where you can actually do a rewatch and then go back in time and read their sites and, and see what stories were being said at the time of the show. So you can kind of get an idea of what the backstory was in the show behind the show. Cause it was saved several times. And, uh, you were talking about product placement. You know, we were talking, uh, with the mics open subway saved the show. Subway got a big boost out of being on Chuck. And so you will see obviously people walking in with subway bags or they even oh. have winks and nods about subway about, you know, it would be really good right now. A foot long, blah, blah, blah sandwich from subway. You and should go they wink the at the Jared camera diet. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they wiggle the camera on purpose because that way you know that they know that they're getting money from Subway. But yeah, Subway yeah. was kind of their big Save Chuck campaign uh, sponsor. We, we so. were talking before the show started about uh, product placement in uh, you know shows on the WB, particularly mm -hmm. Smallville. There was one episode where it was Red Zone deodorant, and uh, they were in the locker room, and he was putting on his Red Zone, and then the the banner <laughs> on the football field was you know the stadium or the game or whatever was sponsored by Red Zone. And then uh, there was one episode where they're in this musty, dusty house, and uh, one of the people says, oh, this place could use some Lemon Pledge. And about five minutes, Lemon Pledge commercials! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> really? Really? And I told you at the time that was a, that was a WB imperative because uh, Babylon yep. 5 had just done Zima in the Zocalo. So you <laughs> apparently in, in the year 2400 Zima exists or has come mm -hmm. back or just is an alien name that means something different in neon. I don't know. All of these product placements are, are just continue to go. It's, it's amazing how blatant they get in oh, what I was know. it? The, the new iteration of the 90210 Microsoft was huge in that. Oh, you lost some files <laughs> on your computer. Let me get it back with Microsoft mesh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The oh, show has God. been canceled for references just like that. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, Microsoft. OneDrive, SkyDrive, it's all the same now. It's all mesh. It's all live. Does, does Cake do the um does Cake do the opening sequence for Chuck? Because it sounds very cake-esque. They uh license that. That's a girl with a long jacket, you know. Uh ah, okay. So, I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah. So it's a modified version of that at the beginning. Nice. Yeah, I'm a huge fan like of that. Like I said, so. a, a, there is a lot of um, popular music, and actually, I, I ended up buying songs uh, because of Chuck, because I would hear a certain song played, and there's actually some that get featured really well. Tom Sawyer has a really good spot in Chuck in one of the later seasons. <laughs> Byron, what's your second pick for what people should be watching this summer? Well, when I said earlier that I was watching a lot of dystopian things, and then I decided to spit out Orange is the New Black, you might have been like, what? Dystopian? There's no zombies in Orange is the New Black? Well, the other the other show that I've been watching a lot of, and this was another one that I didn't think I would like because I'm more into you know Star Trek and Quantum Leap and Doctor Who, kind of the more lighter side of things, you know, with a sci-fi twist. But everybody's been going crazy about The Walking Dead, and so I'm like, all right, you know, begrudgingly I decided to check it out. It's on Netflix, the first three seasons. If you watch it on Netflix. You may be annoyed by the time you get to see the end of season three and go, ah, yeah. So you might want to wait until they put the, uh, the, the fourth season up there. But, uh, Walking Dead is basically the scenario is that, uh, 
people start coming back from the dead as flesh-eating zombies. They don't eat brains unless it just you know happens to be you know par for the course. They're not just all for brains. They like the whole thing. And uh, so this guy, uh, Rick Grimes, who is a sheriff in this town, uh, it leads a group of people through the world, uh, killing zombies and trying to stay alive. And it's, it's gripping. And I definitely recommend it. I read the comics and watched the first season. Rodney, you, you kept going with Walking Dead because you and I have talked about this offline. And I just never got back in there. And people that we watch on uh, Cord Killers and other shows, Brian Brushwood and Tom Merritt, have a love-hate relationship with that show. And that didn't help me want to get back in it at all. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, Brushwood is one of the few times I agreed with Brian uh, wholeheartedly in that. I just could not come back to that show. Did you stay with it? I'm still watching it. I'm still glued to it on uh, AMC when it comes on at night. You know, I have to watch. That's usually one that I try to watch on the same night just because it's the only thing on Sunday. Spoiler, really yeah. Pull it in. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I understand what they talk about because if you read the comic book, which which I haven't read the comic book, I've read like a couple of issues of it just on Comixology or they had them on discount or something for like a dollar a piece. Uh, and right. I can see where I can see where the story on AMC actually drifts away from the comic book, which is what Brian Brushwood can't stand is because the comic book is right. really mm-hmm. gripping and the story goes to where in the second season they're on a farm. Well, I kind of like that because you don't, it's not like Lost, which is another great show to binge watch on. Where oh, yeah, you, and all that's on Netflix too. Yeah, where, where you get to actually see the characters, but then you get flashbacks to sort of tell you about their story. Walking Dead, you don't really get that. You're just sort of going along and you learn about them as you go. So the second season was them basically hunkered down on a farm, relaxing sort of going back to normal home life type of thing. And you sort of got a feel for the characters and you could sort of get the depth as to, oh, this is what makes that guy tick, you know. And then I guess the governor is a big play in The Walking Dead story. And season three, he's kind of tame and meek and doesn't really seem as evil. You know, it's a different character because I guess the the, uh, comic book is more of a biker type governor. And this is more of a subdued, smooth talking, really relaxed, makes you believe in everything he's saying type of thing. So I can see where the if you like the comic book and the grit, you're not going to get it with Walking Dead on AMC. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I like the the television series. And I was I was going to say pre-show, we were talking about movies with comic books. And I was going to say this comment, which I will now spill. I don't mind so much catching the movie or the TV series of something that's based on a comic book because reading comic books for me is difficult. Uh, And a lot of times I have not ever picked up the comic book of said series. Uh, And The Walking Dead is one of those where I would not know the difference between the comic book and the movie, so I can't really get upset about it. And I, I actually like the role of the governor being sort of this family guy who has had a traumatic loss and now he's twisted because of it. And you, you, you get lulled into this, you know, this belief that he's a good guy and people are just scared of him for no reason. And then 
things happen, which I won't talk about because then we'll have to change the name of the show to spoiler time. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah really. Well, <laughs> you know, you've got a Doctor Who moment in there too because that's David Morrissey, isn't it? Uh, who was the next Doctor, um, I believe, as the governor. Yes. Or he's in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always you, been really you, I, bad at recognizing actors' faces and knowing, oh, this guy's been in that and that guy's been in this. And, you know, unless somebody points it out to me, I always miss IMDb, it. IMDb, IMDb, uh, Internet Movie Database. I was just watching, a, a, before we started this, I was watching an episode of Magnum PI from the 80s and it had Annie Potts in it from Designing Women. And I'm like, who is she? <laughs> who is she? I can't. And then IMDb, oh, it is her. <laughs> right. Right off of Ghostbusters, more before Designing Women, actually, because that would be 84, 86, around the time of Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. And that is also on Netflix. If you were looking for a real flashback, John Hodgman, um, just, <laughs> no, I just joked there. Uh, no, uh, Magnum is there. And um, that, along with uh, Quantum Leap, which is also there, and some other classics, uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, one of these days I'm going to watch those in order. Uh, is definitely one. Okay, so Walking Dead is there. I'm I'm not moved either way on this. Rodney, what do you have? What can you sway we, sway me with? Ah, well, for me, Walking Dead was one that if no one heard the story back on episode five, I'm sitting here. It's Thanksgiving. I had nothing to do except deal with the in laws, and that wasn't appealing. So everybody kept talking about Walking Dead. So I downloaded it um, <clears throat> off the gray net and started watching. Next thing I know, I finished season one. And the next day I had to finish season two. That's how sucked into it I got watching it back, mm-hmm. back to back to back, which I think is a lot better than waiting a week here and there if you're just trying to get into it. But my second pick for watching would be Dollhouse. With Elijah Dushku. Oh, yes. Eliza. <laughs> Eliza. Yes, very, du- very many a cute girl in that show, but Eliza being one of the cuter ones. So, yeah. Yes, Keep yes. Going. The pretty uh, little dolly can sing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's pretty much a show about a girl who's pretty much lost in her life. She goes into this agency. She gets hired to be a doll, which means they take her mental state and put it on a hard drive and repeatedly load new characters and mental images into her. And then she goes off and does like secret agent type things. That's the way I yeah, took it. And it only Echo. lasted, it yeah. only lasted for two seasons and oh, it's it really so good. good. <laughs> yeah. Where it ends, it has got an amazing payoff and Alan Tunick, who also came over from Firefly. That's where, when when Firefly imploded, um, many a character landed on many a Joss Whedon show. So you had Adam show up on Angel towards the end. You also had the uh, the characters show up on Dollhouse. Actually, um, there was another one too that actually show, uh, 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 Gina Gina Torres actually is on Angel in season four and season five. So there's a lot of characters that that are actors that got a lot of jobs uh, in in Joss shows, and uh, that continues on. And the bar- bad part about Dollhouse is it probably would have made it as a show if they would not have stuck it on Friday nights at nine o'clock. Yeah, the Fox de- slot o' death. Um, many a show has bitten uh, their uh, hard, um, harsh realms. Uh, Briscoe County Jr., uh, Mantis. That's usually where shows go to die. Most recently, Almost Human was 
was shoved there, uh, which makes you wonder how shows like um, Fringe, my my pick, is awesome and survived as long as it did uh, to make five seasons and five really good ones. And, um, you know, Dollhouse suffered early on from the monster of the week. Fringe does too. Fringe, you've got to get through the first easily five to seven episodes. You have some moments of an arc there, uh, but it really opens up at the end of season one and what you thought was true is not true. This is a J.J. Abrams joint, so if you're a Lost fan, you're going to feel right at home here. You have also some good stunt casting in this particular series as well. Your man from Dawson's Creek uh, is in this, Rodney, so you've got a character there you might already like. And John Noble, as his dad, is amazing. He makes it over to Sleepy Hollow, which is the same makers who who do uh, Fringe. So if you're a fan of Sleepy Hollow currently on Fox, you might actually like Fringe. Sorry, no, not not a fan of Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) That that wasn't it for you? Oh, okay. No, no. Um, But yeah, it is kind of of weird to watch uh, Dawson's Creek, which is another great show that you can binge watch in a summer uh, and see Pacey Witter actually do mannerisms and things that relate to his character in Fringe. It is twisted because he says a lot of the you know, same I don't things know that that's on Netflix, but one tree Hill is, uh, but I don't know. And I know two one Oh is, um, but I don't know that, that that's on there, but I bet you it's on Amazon. Which one? So if it's, it's an, it, um, Dawson, Dawson's Creek is on Dawson's Netflix. Is yeah. Is it really? Yeah, okay. I watched it last summer. I never see it thrown up in my queue. So you evidently have, it's watched. annoying what's missing from Netflix. Like, like back to the future. Isn't there? Come on. Really? Instant Watcher is a great site for that. Instant Watcher kind of gives you a grid view of what's in, what's going, what's going to only be here a little bit longer, what's new releases. It's a little easier than using the app. Andy Anako mentioned it, and I have become a huge fan of that particular site, so Instant Watcher. I thought when I heard it initially, I was like, this might be a site you would not necessarily want to go to for family's reasons and safety and viruses. But no, it's a, it's a site that'll let you choose. Uh, although Netflix has Netflix roulette now, so you can just randomly let something show up and you'll get like, I don't know, the starving Ooh, games, which I've actually that's watched. That's kind of cool. Eh, eh, too much like chat roulette. Uh, <laughs> there's a South Park <laughs> reference. So, so fringe is definitely my, my favorite. And some Michael Giacchino music is in there. And that, that already has me like, thrilled because I have a bunch of Lost soundtracks and Star Trek soundtracks. So uh, definitely check that out. If you like, Byron made a joke about alternative timelines and I'm just going to leave it there. There's some alternative something in Fringe. It is definitely interesting by the time you get to Leonard Nimoy. who Alternative a, lifestyles? <laughs> that, that may be referenced in that show. Remember, it's called Fringe. So. Ah, gotcha. All right. Now we have a third pick, but Byron, you, you wanted to interject here? I did, yes. If you have a Roku, there is a channel called Netflix Instant Watch, and it's sort of similar like uh, to, to that website where you're talking about uh, seeing what shows are going to be taken off of Netflix soon, uh, what shows have recently been added. So if you have a Roku and you'd rather stay off the computer, that's, a, that's another way to do that. Yeah, there's a couple of shows I really would I would have recommended before, but are gone. Babylon Five, of course, and Robotech. Um, they're yeah, I know those are disc onlys now. And um, if you really feel up to it, and you're on this Amazon Prime, you can start going for the Blu-rays of The Prisoner or Space 1999. But you know, I digress. 
Um, but yeah, you have to watch that, especially if you're looking at doing a series, you really need to keep an eye on that date so you don't get like caught in the middle of a season and go, wait, no, come back. I have to know what happened and stuff. Um, there are some series that get bought right out. I think, what was it? 24 got moved over to Amazon as a part of the deal that they hit with Fox for the current season. And that can happen with uh, downtown Abbey that happened the same way. Uh, so these guys are vying back and forth at each other pretty relentlessly and getting uh, new content all the time, especially their own content, as we talked about with uh, Amazon coming up with their own pilots. But your third pick, sir, your third pick. Okay, my third pick is yet another dystopian show. Battle, Battlestar Galactica 1980. No, 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 no. <laughs> that is on Netflix. Invisible flying motorcycles. How could you go wrong? 78, 78, 78. On top computers. Palm top computers with one series, line of text but... just scrolling back and forth. It was amazing. Uh, oh, that did get us our, our, star sh- our uh, enemy mine ripoff, though, where Starbuck crash lands on a planet with a Cylon. That was for ratings and sweeps. And they eventually edited that back into the two-hour Battlestar movies that used to show on the local channel here in Houston. And it was really funny because that's like they have some stock footage and – they got Dirk Benedict to come back in and loop a line like, hey, wait, I caught up to you guys. <laughs> so they Jeez. actually edited that one episode of Galactic 1980. And Gary Owens is the voice of the Cylon in that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Gary it, you, you, you can find Galactica 1980 on Netflix and you can it's find there. that one episode. And I would only say that one episode to watch it. It's like, you know, really, if you've watched really everything else that's good on Netflix. Morbidly curious. Even. Yes. If you're curious, you can check that out. But yeah. now the the third pick that I have is Jericho. Oh, see? Okay. I had a family member who was a big fan of this show. I, I wanted to watch yeah. it because of Gerald McCraney, who is excellent on House Cards. Mm, sorry. So uh, Jericho is about uh, what happens to society after we are hit by atomic bombs. Uh, you know, electricity goes out kind of like on Revolution, which is on Netflix too, by the way. <laughs> um yeah, I know. That was actually going to be my other pick, uh, my, my third pick, but I, I decided to go with something where the whole thing is there. Anyway, Jericho is what happens when we get hit by atomic bombs. Uh, you know, there are some people who have a computer network that they can talk to each other on secretly. Uh, people are raiding towns trying to get supplies and stuff, and these these neighboring towns and gangs and stuff are trying to get along with each other. And uh, so it's... it's uh, it's good. If you're into natural disaster stuff, it's kind of worth watching. It's it's a lot like... Yeah, that show had a couple of comebacks, too. Well, it, it came... Uh, the, the fans actually voted on CBS.com in order to get the second season done of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Right. It's one of the only shows that's ever been able to actually get that accomplished. Uh, but they've been talking about uh, Netflix actually trying to do a third season of Jericho and bring it back because people like it so much. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was a lot like, um, watching the walking dead, you know, you've got the unknown sitting out there. It's, it's pretty much like that, but I think a lot of people were turned off because it was coming up with a vigilante government that didn't match what everybody envisioned it being. I wonder if it was maybe a little bit ahead of its time. I was going to mm-hmm. say on, on the Tiffany network that probably didn't go down well. And that's why I'm always shocked that they're doing under the dome because it doesn't feel like a CBS project at all. Nor, nor does this one that Holly Berry's in this summer extends or whatever it's called. Uh, it sounds more like one of those 
things you see advertised at three in the morning after you know, Comedy Central stopped showing comedy. I've been asked to watch this show several times and I am a huge fan of Simon and Simon and I like Jeremy Craney and I've watched him in all sorts of crazy things. Uh, but I, I just never got into this show. I understand why people like it, but it, this is one of those where a high concept like this works better on Fox or WB or AMC or any network, but the big three. That's why I couldn't really get into uh, revolution. I've not gotten into grim, uh, nor once upon a time, because I just always feel like the, the knife is going to come down at any time and drop a show like this to the ground. Cause I've been so hit with this before by, by the networks that they just generally go back to what usually fits like amazing race 3062. Um, <laughs> right. And so I, I, I don't give those shows on the network a lot of oomph. And that's why I was praying that CBS wouldn't bring back star Trek in any way or another. Cause there was a rumor this time last year that there was a possibility that there would be a new series set in the STNG slash classic universe on CBS. And I just went, no, I don't think that works. I really don't. Once upon a time is actually a show that people have been saying over and over that I need to watch. And I, I just haven't given it the chance that it deserves. Just the subject matter doesn't sound like something I would care about, but, uh, I want to give it a shot. I should give it's it a shot. The spinoff was, was, was beautiful. Uh, I watched like the first two or three episodes of the spinoff uh, that came and went this year um, and had some amazing actors in that too, including Jonathan Lithgow. Uh, but I didn't stay in it because I just forget to watch ABC because I don't really watch anything on ABC right now. So I, I just forget that that channel is really there. In, I've, in my move to on-demand anyway, I'd probably watch that there. Now, a show that I have been watching, uh, which is entering its 10th season to, I guess, beat the Smallville record, which is what it's done now. It's tied it. Uh, Supernatural on the WB. That show I started watching two jobs ago. So I've been with the Winchester brothers <laughs> through three jobs in three cities, in fact, now that I think about it. Um, so Houston, Austin, and back to Houston. Big fan of this show. It doesn't take itself very seriously. It has some ups and downs, but I tend to like this. It's one of the few times where the Buffy Monster of the Week series works. And when they get into larger story arcs and really open up their universe, it's really great. And some, some of the side characters are great. And there are consequences. So when something is done, it's really kind of done. And they will hit the reset button from time to time. That's not to say that they won't, especially with the two lead characters. But in a lot of situations, if someone is uh, eradicated from one ethereal plane or another, uh, they generally have a dramatic impact on where the story goes and how it goes. If you haven't ever seen Supernatural, it's about two brothers, uh, Sam and Dean, and uh, they are Winchesters, and they are what's called hunters. And hunters are... Uh, self, uh, self-appointed bounty hunter slash mercenary that goes out and gets rid of all the things in the night. Um, so witches and, uh, goblins and all sorts of evil things and demons being their specialty. And what makes this very interesting is that at the beginning of the series, uh, one of the brothers has kind of sworn off it. He wasn't necessarily, uh, enamored with what their dad did. It's a family business. He went to college. He got out. Uh, but when their dad goes missing, the other brother comes to get him and he gets sucked back into that universe. 
kicking and screaming and there's some dire consequences for doing that and that's what affects the relationship going forward is uh, Sam and Dean and how they can deal with this and people who are around them usually have a tendency to have bad things happen because uh, they're the main characters and they'll survive in one way or another or some form or another. They continue on. Uh, but there's some amazing stuff in this show. It is had a spinoff, uh, didn't get greenlit, um, supernatural bloodlines or tribes. If you knew the comics and, uh, that was kind of a good thing. I don't think that was really a, a good idea for the spinoff. Um, but it has gone up in ratings. It's actually at a four year high because it's been working with shows like the original and, um, the originals, sorry, and arrow. And I also watch arrow. That is a show that I love to dislike at times because the first season is the classic WB and I'm, I'm quoting mad TV here, pretty white kids with problems. And <laughs> it's, you know, uh, everybody's gorgeous. Everybody has money. Nobody has to really worry about work cause they're never at it, but they supposedly work on and on and on. Uh, and then there are superheroes beating each other up, but it is very Peyton place in the first season. And then in the second season, they retool the show and really change things dramatically. Uh, and, it is a darker show and it actually sets up the flash, which is coming to WB this fall, which should be very interesting. So that's kind of the arrow spinoff, but I, I really recommend as well as possibly the canary. Yeah. There's, there's rumor of the second canary now because they kind of, kind of did stuff with Sarah. Um, <laughs> so that should be very interesting, but I do like supernatural. All nine seasons are on Netflix. Um, or about to, the ninth season will be on Netflix this September. They're always good about getting the previous season. So eight seasons at 22 episodes plus a season, that'll take you a while. So definitely uh, hang in there for Sam and Dean because I think that's a great show that you might not be watching. Or at least you'll come away with a better love for a 70 and power. You didn't say you were picking an endurance test. You know, this is endurance trying to make it through <laughs> that one. <laughs> No, hey, I could have said Stargate and Stargate Atlantis. There you go. There's <laughs> 10 plus what, five, you know? And then uh, I don't know that Stargate Universe is still on. I think all of the Stargates are no, longer on. No, it only there. lasted Eureka two seasons. Yeah, but I, they, they actually had Stargate Universe shortly after it was canceled. It was a great way for people to catch up who didn't get to see it on the Sci-Fi Network, who was actually, I guess, making Sci-Fi once again, it seems. Who, who knew that would wow, happen? Wow, who would have ever thought? I know it's really, really strange. Um, so those are television picks. We'll have some other alternate picks and some ideas about current films out in the theater and films we want to see this summer all coming up after the break on this wonderful EOL extra summer slog edition. Accessibility or a one, one, Y refers to how software or hardware combinations are designed this is to make so the system boring. to persons We with don't have to learn this stuff, do we? We're just designing fairness, a website. Well, loss, the UN estimates that there are over a billion people with disabilities in the world right now. That's a huge market, and those people need access to what we have, so yeah, actually we do need to learn this stuff. Just not like this. Woohoo! I just got my new computer, got my screen reader going, got my software installed. Now I just need to complete this big project using all this software I've never used before. No worries, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, maybe not so much. I really should have gotten some training on this stuff, but how? 
For situations like these, we need the Accessibility TV Network, delivering the best affordable video, audio, and text-based training for design professionals, accessibility experts, assistive technology trainers, and users. In order to finance the creation of the infrastructure for this network and develop courses, EasyFire LLC is creating a crowdfunding campaign, and you can be a part of it. Get in early on this exciting opportunity to remake training as we know it. Accessibility TV, or A11YTV, will create a subscription-based network that will provide you with searchable, relevant, and affordable courses suited for your needs. Delivered via the web or mobile app, these courses will be designed and presented by industry-leading experts. The Accessibility TV Network will make sure that you understand the needs of people with disabilities no matter what job requires you to serve their needs. Or, as trainers or individuals with disabilities, you will have the latest resources you need to be the most independent you can be. The funds from this campaign will go to pay the highly qualified professionals who will deliver the best training experience you can find. And, by participating in this campaign, EasyFire has designed rewards so that you can receive the best benefits of your early support. You'll be able to tell us what training needs you have. Find courses on popular assistive technologies and how to use them with the software or websites you want to visit. As trainers, use the material to create and teach your own courses. Take as many courses as you want after the launch. Have access to video, audio, or text. Evaluate yourself to make sure you've learned the skills you need. Earn continuing education credits. Contribute now and double your subscription when Accessibility TV launches in the spring. For example, pay for a year, get an extra year free. This is a great idea and all, which means it's going to be really expensive, right? Wrong. How about the ability to view all courses for assistive technology users, have access to mobile apps and the mobile website, plus access to written, video, or audio course material for just $70 a year. And remember that when you contribute now, you get double what you pay for. That means a two-year subscription when the service launches in the spring for a contribution of $70. To view all our subscription options and to make your contribution, visit www.a11y.tv. That's a11y.tv. Or visit www.accessibility.training. Welcome back to EOL Extra, the watching uh, on your duff, finding change within the couch cushions and tipping the pizza guy an extra five edition. Rodney, before the break, I ended up not getting to your third pick. So uh, let me open the floor to you. If you have a third pick or several picks, why don't, why don't you go ahead and take off there and tell us what we should be watching well, this summer. It seems like with this topic, we keep mentioning other shows like crazy that, uh, are great shows that people should check out. Like so far we've mentioned alias Magnum PI lost, uh, mm -hmm. Buffy, the vampire slayer, JJ Abrams shows, two uh, of those. Wheaton. different yep. things like that. The super Mario brothers, super show. <laughs> uh, that is also in there, <laughs> but I would highly suggest you watch, say, I don't know, clone wars or ultimate Spider-Man, which, uh, if you went some, some stuff, something like it's just as goofy, but maybe you might remember more. But my, my third pick was, uh, going to deck definitely be something that you can devour quickly and it's not that much pain, even though it does cover 11 seasons and that would be Frasier with Kelsey Grammer uh, yeah. because oh, yeah. I never watched that when it was actually on because I really didn't care for cheers that much. 
hate mail, send it somewhere else besides me. Uh, so, so we were trying to figure out something that we could watch for 30 minutes for like breakfast or dinner or something that we just needed to zone out and just have nothing to really hard concentrate on. And it was Frasier, sort of quirky. You've got the snooty attitude of somebody that you guaranteed already know, you know, so it's one of those shows that can kind of grow on you and keep your attention. It does kind of jump the shark a little bit when season, the end of season six comes to an end where Kelsey has, or where Frazier has lost his job in the radio and it kind of jumps a little bit there, but it does get some steam back a little bit later. So it's something definitely worth. It's the rise of Niles at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and my personal all-time favorite that people should always check out is coupling the BBC version. Yes, yes, not the American ever. No, that never happened. Stephen Moffat denies it, and I agree with him. That just he liked cashing the check. I mean that that was that was the most <laughs> ex, exquisite show on BBC America when we first got it here, and it was great until yeah. the fourth season when one of the main characters heads off to Lesbos because he thought it was a island for lesbians. I. Never watched The American Office. I just couldn't do it. And I know Ricky has some minor role in that, but I just never could get into uh, that. And I'm, I'm waiting for someone to try and do Mitchell and Webb's peep show in a U.S. style. Good luck with that. But that's that's one that's actually uh, mostly on Netflix and the rest is on Hulu, which can happen at times where um, a lot of BBC America shows and a lot of BBC shows and Channel 4, to that, that respect, too, are showing up on Hulu Plus. So you'll find half of it here and half of it on another um, kind of network or streaming service. So, yeah, that's actually a good one. I Frasier was awesome and, and a bunch of crazy characters. Uh, and I always think of the RV episode a lot when they go out with the dad and <laughs> take the RV, though. And uh, going to get back in with nature and here are those two still finding – everything to talk about, but what they're doing, which is very yes. funny. Did you ever see the Simpsons episode where, uh, sideshow Bob did, uh, David Hyde Pierce came in and actually voiced against Frazier, uh, as a relative of sideshow. Yes. Bob. Yes. I've seen that one. You know, I was going yeah. to say that I can't watch Frazier without seeing sideshow Bob. Bob Twilliger. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that I, he is one of my favorite parts of the Simpsons, especially early Simpsons. And of course, the references to things like uh, Cape Fear, which is oh, one of my favorites. Oh, get a pen inside, show Bob. When he's trying to write the letter in blood <laughs> and starts writing in the diary. That is a great episode. And uh, those will eventually be able to be streamed as well. Those are supposed to be coming to FXX and the FXX app. So they get 25 years of The Simpsons really soon. So if you have uh, only caught up on the 12 years that matter and then stopped like I did for about 13, <laughs> uh, you can actually catch up and see some of the episodes. You know, they actually have gotten a little better. They, they've they tried to write like they used to and that's hard to do with Conan O'Brien over on TBS, but they have gotten a little better and a, a little, at least a little more modern. When you watch the Simpsons, especially older episodes, there's so much anachronistic stuff now. It's the same way as 24. If you go to watch 24 and they pull out their cell phones, you look at that and go, what was that? Did we talk on those? That, those look like things you would get at Burger King uh, for your kids. That No. That and now if you right. notice in some movies, they try to actually avoid showing technology. They try to stop yes. dating themselves. 
It looks dated. Mm-hmm. Well, there's By that the way, entire movie uh, phone booth. So that movie doesn't <laughs> exist anymore because where's a phone booth? That's oh, Bill and Ted stole them all. Oh, very good. Excellent. Very good. By the way, it can, it can is yeah, party time. It can be very confusing to figure out where you can watch. You know, we're 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 throwing these TV shows out rapid fire, and it can be hard to figure out. Wait, wait where, did, where did Rodney say I could watch that online? Wait, where where did Ranger say I could watch that online? Um, there is a cool it? website called canistream.it. Mm-hmm. Can I stream it? Mm-hmm. And it will tell you if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu Plus or Crackle or Redbox or YouTube or EPIX or, or StreamPix. has or their Snag own films. stuff now. They have their own online streaming app. So uh, if you didn't buy it on demand, you can actually sign up. Some of these are doing it that way. Crackle is Sony's. Paramount has their own movie network where some that have been in the vault only show up on Paramount, which mm-hmm. nobody would know. <laughs> Redbox actually will get new movies and stream them in a lot of cases and have exclusives. So you're right. Can I stream it is a good And now place. you have to check Amazon Instant Streaming because they've added uh, HBO. So you can get the uh, Sopranos <sighs> uh, and the things like that. Yeah. That is a great series. Still holds up in, in a lot of ways. One of these series that... I started watching from the beginning without people saying, hey, you should totally watch this. The Wire was one I actually had to be told like at the end of season one. And I caught up on Time Warner On Demand because they had the entire like first season up there. So that's how I caught up on The Wire because I didn't catch that initially. But The Sopranos I was in from day one. And I actually have like The Sopranos cookbook, which is (laughs) very, very cool. Uh, Some of the best Sunday gravy uh, recipes I've ever seen are in that book. Yeah, I, I like that show a lot. And to see Christopher, Christopher from The Sopranos, he was on a Chopped episode. <laughs> it was like, whoa, dude, Celebrity <laughs> Chopped. That's, ah, hey, look, it's Christopher. That's awesome. Where's Adriana? It's awesome. Oh, wait, he's, um, the, he's the one good that show did the, uh, and wasn't he the one that went into the Detroit show? There was a Detroit 187 detective show, I think he was in oh, that. really? Sure. Did he jump and go? Well, it was like that? it was like one season. It it was one of those live and it was okay, and then ABC killed it. So it was like there and gone. <laughs> it was one of those. Uh, we need a uh, Blue Bloods or a Chicago Fire or everybody likes first responder shows. So let's yeah, we do we that. need something to combat uh, Flashpoint or something, which is another great show that you can get on uh, Netflix. Yeah, Canada. That was a Canadian show. So, and that's actually a good place to get things like uh, Portlandia or uh, shows that maybe are in the upper tier of your cable system that you normally would not see. Spartacus or The Tudors, if you didn't have Showtime, that's a good place to be able to catch that because uh, those are yep. in Netflix. And Speaking uh, of shows produced in Canada, Continuum. Oh, uh, yeah. You got renewed. Your favorite show. Yeah. It's a good show, and it's on a sci-fi. It's on a network that actually does sci-fi for once. <laughs> Defiance. <clears throat> And so also probably filmed in Canada, uh, although it's meant to look like St. Louis. There are um, a ton of stuff out there, but I actually saw some stuff in the movies turning to the bigger screens now. I recently saw Captain America Winter Soldier, and I saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because, well, it was there and I had some money burning in my pocket. And I thought, oh, sure, I'll, I'll give it a second chance. Yeah, so Winter Soldier, definitely something you want to go check out and does fit into that Marvel movie pantheon, uh, especially if you're getting ready for Avengers 2 next year. 
And I happen to like this because it was actually a very dark superhero movie and more of a political intrigue film. This is actually very interesting that Robert Redford is in this film, but moreover, um, it is not your atypical comic book movie. Highly recommend it if you get a chance to catch this when it does come out on video. Really fits in well behind a marathon. So if you do Captain America, First Avenger, then the Avengers, then this, uh, you will have a good story coming uh, with Captain America and uh, Spider-Man. So Hans Zimmer did the score and um, I'll, I'll pass this over to um, the Spheres so they can play it a little bit in the background. There's this one track that's playing here and it's the electro theme. And I thought, wow, this is really good. And this is a lot like Star Trek Into Darkness last year with the theme to London, which is beautiful, this, this piano piece that plays, but it's this repetitive note that just goes over and over and over again. And I was like, wow, I really like that. That is awesome. I am not having fun with this film, but the score, I, who is this? Hans Zimmer, no way, couldn't be. Then I came home and was kind of humming it to myself and realized that it was this. Which is, of course, John Williams' Duel of the Fates from Phantom Menace. So if you're gonna rip off the classics, uh, you should rip off John Williams. so the, there, there is some neat music though to this and it's neat how I like hybrid scores. So like Batman Beyond I like because it's kind of that synthesizer guitar kind of score thing going on. And this has a lot of semi-dubbish music but involved with some really good orchestration and it really was Zimmer cashing a check and playing around with things he would normally never play with. But he's doing that a lot lately. If you listen to Man of Steel, which has a 24 track edition out that you can get, uh, like six of those is like a drum circle where he would um, this drum circle and question? has this Qu- powerful question. sound. May, may I ask one mm-hmm. question here? You're talking about the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. The only thing you've mentioned is the music. Is that the only thing good about the movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there. It, it's, a, it's a setup for all these other Marvel movies. It, it is uh, the Sinister Six that they are working on and uh, Garfield is not a horrible Spider-Man. I kind of like Toby to some respect and uh, they do find a way to get Dennis Leary in a cameo there, or kind of a flashback. And when you have Forrest Gump's mom as Aunt May or the flying nun, if you will, Gidget. that's kind of interesting. Yes, but there's about 30 minutes of this movie and it is like two hours and 27 minutes long and it you feel it in the buttocks. It drags, and I could have easily taken a razor blade to 30 minutes of this film and not shed a tear over it. It is draggy, electro, Jamie Foxx is okay, but it's not necessarily a great origin story for him. The guy who plays uh, Harry Osborn in this series is actually really, really good. So if you're looking for a baddie, that'll work. But if you're familiar with the comics, you'll see the big reveal in Act 3 coming a mile away, and... There's nothing here that you haven't seen anywhere else. I mean, if you like this computer-generated version of Spider-Man, you get more of the same. If you like seeing electricity and things get thrown from place to place, you get more of the same. But I can't even recommend this, like, Saturday afternoon, it's raining and I don't feel like going out kind of thing. I'm not a fan of the Mark Webb Spider-Mans and uh, really fell asleep on the first one. So I thought, well, it's an origin story. And I'll give it, I'll give the second one because it's established. I'll give it a try. 
No. So, no. Uh, so if you me. had a choice um, between the Amazing Spider-Man one mm-hmm. and two, would you rather watch that mm-hmm. or watch the 1990s movies of Daredevil and Elektra? I will skip that and watch <laughs> Spider-Man and his amazing friends all three seasons from the 1980s <laughs> with a bowl of cereal on Netflix. Or I'll watch Spider-Man 1967 because it has a plot that's easier to Just follow. Just checking. Uh, <laughs> and a voice of a teenager that sounds like a 55-year-old man is Spider-Man, which is hysterical. It's I've got <laughs> to get back to high school. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you certainly do. my enema. <laughs> so yeah, those yeah, my spidey senses are tingling. I think I, I think I sense a nurse coming. <laughs> just neuropathy, actually. <laughs> wake up, wake up. Uh, there are far better versions of Spider-Man. Like I said earlier, I'm watching Ultimate Spider-Man, which is kind of an anime-inspired version of Spider-Man, which is far more interesting to me than the current movie version of Spider-Man. And even the 2003 CGI version with Neil Patrick Harris as the voice of Spider-Man, Doogie Hauser himself, is more interesting. And that was an MTV-produced uh, version, but that was actually pretty neat. Uh, those are better versions than, in my humble opinion, of the Mark Webb, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, who they want to sign on until 2020. Now, yeah. when I say it's prepared for the next film, when this movie came out in the theater... If you used the Shazam app on your phone, it actually picked up a code from the movie titles at the end and showed you pictures of the villains that you were going to see in Amazing Spider-Man 3. Sony's so ready to sell you on the net. Well, actually, it's Sony Pictures because uh, they got spun off. But Sony Pictures is so ready for you to buy into Spider-Man. It's just not even funny. Please, please stay in it. We're going to make movies off of this. We saw what Disney's doing. We're totally going to do that. And Fox is doing the same thing, of course. You've got X-Men, which looks amazing. Uh, There's a great clip, by the way, uh, over at EOL Show's Twitter feed. So uh, follow twitter.com slash EOL Show to see uh, Magneto get fired by Professor X, which is hysterical. <laughs> um, there's some good stuff there. Uh, they uh, Days of Future Past, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I was not enamored with the X-Men movies either uh, because there was like a lot of talking and not many people beating each other up in those movies. But I liked First Class and... I'm curious to see how they take one of the well-known X storylines and condense that into a movie. I don't really have a problem with Wolverine filling in for Kitty Pride. Not that I was a fan of Kitty anyway. And I'm looking forward to Apocalypse. So come on, Sentinels on the big screen and Godzilla in the same year. I, I, I can't, can't knock that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just frustrated. I'm just frustrated with Hollywood rehashing everything over and over and over and over and over. We just got done with a three-part Spider-Man series. It just ended. Give it 10 years, and then if you have to reboot it, do it then. Don't do it like six years later. Okay, I'm going to put him down as not ready to see Batman versus Superman or Star Wars. Not ready. Okay, making a note. Stop rebooting! <laughs> I feel like I'm watching my computer just reboot over and over and over and over and over and over again. But 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 I'm gonna cry now. But that's the comic book industry. You reboot everything, but then for some reason they have to all tie back to each other in some crazy fashion. So with the Captain America thing, I haven't watched mm-hmm. the Avengers stuff. I tried to watch the Hulk okay. back to ten years ago, and I went, "This is a movie." 
This is a movie. The Edward Norton version or the Eric Bana version? I have no idea. It was sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the he just, Ang Lee version? He, he, just, the... he just ran around and broke stuff. Yes. That's that's all I noticed. Yeah, that, that, and then there was... It took a long time to get there, too, by the way. Yeah, uh, there, um, and, uh, there was there was a yeah. lot of crazy... The Ang Lee version actually has a Danny Elfman score that's pretty good. I recommend that. You know, I was, more, I more was scared when, when Disney decided to uh, buy the, the whole Marvel franchise so I was afraid that we were going to have Hulk movie where, Hulk movies where he goes oh, Hulk smash. <laughs> Thank well, God there's we that didn't. scene in Avengers. <laughs> there's the Loki <laughs> scene. Um, yeah. No, they're being very careful with Hulk. In fact, Mark Garofalo was hoping that they would do a Hulk TV series, and he was willing to do it. And uh, they have not. Uh, I think they're being very protective of Hulk and what works and what doesn't, having tried that apple twice and come away kind of empty. Not that I think the Edward Norton Hulk is all that bad. It's actually pretty decent and serves as kind of an early window dressing to the uh, phase one storyline. I would highly suggest, you know, going in order with the Tesseract effect and watching Iron Man 1 and then Captain America and then Iron Man 2 and then the Avengers, then Iron Man 3. And I actually sort of saw them in that order at a Marvel movie marathon at the Alamo Draft House, which was kind of neat. Uh, to be able to go through them in that order, uh, it was uh, a little overload <laughs> after a while, especially since I'd seen some of those before. Uh, but they're really good films. And it's one of the few movie series in modern times that pays attention to its continuity. Yeah, all I know and is and making a box set fun. All, all I know is the Hulk sucked. Whatever, whichever version it was, it sucked. <laughs> I would, I, it hasn't been the same since Lou Ferrigno. Damn it! <laughs> let's put it this way: I would much rather watch Noel Holds Bard with Hulk Hogan than that to be put through that movie Ooh. again, which is now on Netflix. At least you didn't say Hogan knows best. I kind of liked that. Oh, including the let's set up my daughter singing career portions. Yeah, because that was just so funny because she was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> brother. <laughs> My daughter can sing, brother. <laughs> Don't call me brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might, as, I might as well join in since you two are doing it, brother. <laughs> Drink your vitamins. Uh, eat your milk. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. Iron Cheek. I'm off the medicine. I'm off the medicine. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we derail yet oh, again. Oh, there's some classics. It's an EOL. Yeah, for well, sure no, now. actually, that's more of a preview of uh, episode 13. Even though you all haven't heard episode 12 yet, <laughs> episode 13 is going to have an idea about the wrestling uh, in the Nexus, and that's something that we're working on in the background. But in the meantime. Let me tell you what also is coming up this summer. Uh, more talk about movies, more talk about music, more talk about food, because we're actually going to do another Noms episode. Uh, we'll be in Orlando, Rockstar and I, and we're going to try some crazy stuff and record it. So we'll have one of those coming up this summer. Uh, I may have convinced her later in the summer to try some food at a restaurant very popular at San Antonio, uh, because we're actually doing international AER as a part of SBN this year coverage of summer shows 2014. Keep it right there to iBlink Radio. And uh, Boris and the Spears are hard at work on EOL 12. He might even stick in some nasty comment right here that I'm even saying this. It's not done yet! So episode 12 is recorded, is done, is going to happen. Just give it a little bit more time in the oven. 
because we had to put it back in. And uh, again, this is not Cutthroat Kitchen, so we're very lucky in that uh, no more sabotages. You hear that, Spheres? Don't talk to the mailbag over at Cerro Talk anymore. Leave it alone. <laughs> the bad influence. Gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, convergence, that's what happens on the, on the podcast, you know, mailbag influences everything good or bad. It is a bad entity to pay attention to serotalk.com. Gentlemen, final thoughts, any other shows you didn't get to talk about here or movies you're looking forward to seeing this summer, or you got any plans to go outside this thing I heard about outside. It's bright out there. There's people. I don't like it. Uh, My parents told me to never go near the cellar door, but one day I did. I went to the cellar door and I pushed it open and I saw wondrous things like grass and trees. Flowers, chirping birds, they've come to take me away, haha. Well, it was either that or a UHF reference. I was going to one of the <laughs> other, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Um, well, the two movies that I had for movies going to the cinema, uh, one was one that you already mentioned, uh, X-Men Days mm-hmm. of Future Past, which from what mm. I understand is supposed to be sort of like they're, they're ripping off the Terminator storyline, you know, they go back in time and stuff happens. Kinda. So I'm, I'm going to be seeing that with descriptive video at the theater because the theater that I live close to has that. The other one, which doesn't come out until August, is the Guardians of the Galaxy which I, like I said earlier, I don't read comic books. So I know that uh, Days of Future Past is a storyline that was, you know, like two two comic books. I haven't read it, so I can't be annoyed by the inaccuracies. Oh, but you, you, uh, can, watch, you can watch the X-Men animated version from Fox in the 90s, which is on Netflix. Ooh, there was a ah, version okay. of Days of well, Future you, Past. You broke that for me now, because now I'm going right. to be irritated. Yeah. Uh, yep. and then, of so course, go back and watch that, and then go right into the Dark Phoenix saga. And then there's Guardians of the Galaxy, which I want to see. The trailer looked cool, but you guys said that you were kind of worried about that. I'm not a huge Star Lord fan. Star Lord fan. I've never gotten into. I have several friends who are huge Guardian fans, and I just never really got into it. I mean, it looks a pretty interesting, and you've got Karen Gillum with a shaved head, so Amy Pond bald will be interesting. It'll bring back thoughts of Ilya from Star Trek. There's some famous names in here and I guess it will be good, but I'm just not sure how it will resonate with people because this is uh, one of those properties that's been around that comic book people know, but normal people who only go to Iron Man might not realize where, you know, Guardians fits in. So well, I'm not I sure didn't how even know it was it a comic book story. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I didn't even oh, know. Yeah. I, I just I saw the trailer and I went, "Ooh, this kind of resonates with the '80s a little bit. Kind of reminds me of an adult version of um, not not adult, but you know, a grown up version of Last Starfighter. It just kind of resonated '80s to me. And I went, "Oh, I got to see that. That looks cool. I didn't Although even know there it was were, a comic book. Probably will thing. be a triple X parody yeah. at some point in the future. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> there well, are Vin several. Diesel. Marvel triple X parodies right now. Those will not be in the show notes. If you go to, if you go to YouTube and you look for triple X parodies, you'll see the actual trailers of movies like Superman and things with that, are, which are perfectly which are safe. safe. And right. it is hilarious to watch those. You can, those you can safe. spend an afternoon. <laughs> there, there's Broke a, there's a the wrestling reference right there with China. <laughs> <as> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. 
That so happened. that there you go. You, that you you were saying that normal people won't realize where this Guardians of the Galaxy thing came from, and I, I you know, Maybe I consider myself a geek. I yeah. have some geek cred, and I didn't realize what it was coming from. So yeah. I think it'll be okay. Maybe that will help. I mean, the trailer didn't wow me, and and when you use a licensed song in the way that they used in that trailer, it felt like, oh, really? Is that the vibe you're going for? Oh man, I'm. I don't know. I I, I mean, I'm I'm. If I have lowered expectations and it blows me out of the theater, then that's all the better. But I just, I don't know about that film. Rodney, did you have any feelings uh, about no, Guardians? I, I, I just know that um, Dave Bautista, the wrestler, is one of the main characters in there. And I'm not sure how that's going to work because he kind of sucks as a wrestler right now. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do you think he does any of his 15 finishing moves that he never really keeps for more than a year in uh, the film? I, I don't do you know. Think we get a a rock moment where you get the eyebrow maybe, you know, kind of thing. Maybe. Because he has be. that glare. Maybe, maybe, or a tattoo or something extra, you know. I, I don't know. Definitely. The people's eyebrow makes a beautiful appearance in Star Trek Voyager when The Rock fights uh, Seven of Nine before he became a billion-dollar box office winner <laughs> in movies like G.I. Joe Retaliation. You can actually see Star Trek Voyager and go back to an episode with The Rock when people used to make fun of wrestling and Star Trek. How did they go together? Um <laughs> and then, of course, Siffy started doing stupid wrestling all the time. Yeah, they laid the smack down uh, on Friday. We'll talk about ECW <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, what's up with that? You know, real geeks don't watch wrestling. Oh, wait now, a minute. <laughs> my, my, wife, my wife asked the question, okay, professional wrestling or sports entertainment, as we call it nowadays, if, if Cor- that correct. is on correct. sci-fi then do they do like sci-fi things? Are they like space aliens and do they shoot lasers and crazy things like that? I'm like, no, no. ECW. It's just wrestling. No, 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 no. ECW, Thorn, Mm. you know, when he, when they first came back, he was doing the whole vampire thing. And you also had, uh, uh, oh gosh, what was his name that used to eat the worms? Uh, He would come out and do the, uh, thing. Oh gosh, I'll have to go back and look at my collection here. Um, but yeah, no, the, you, you, you had some characters that actually did have that. And of course we had a certain character that we talk about on the latest high contrast, uh, episode 21, uh, a Mr. Helms. Uh, I don't want to spoil that here, but definitely go check out high contrast. Uh, so, I mean, you had some superheroes, yeah. but that was just funny. Cause she, cause I've, yeah. I've just sort of gotten uh-huh. back into watching some of the old stuff with uh, the network and all that. And she was like, what is this on, on sci-fi? I'm like, hey, it's, it's wrestling. Is, is, it, is it supernatural? When the UPN network went away and the CW passed, <laughs> SmackDown, this is where it ended up because it's a Comcast yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, USA Network has Raw and sci-fi is owned by them. So it has uh, SmackDown and... What was the other one? Uh, ECW became, what was it, NGT or NXT? NXT, wasn't it NXT? I can't watch that. that that's, that's going too far for me. But yeah. Oh, no. But see, I, I watched, and now we're, we're actually getting, breaking into an episode here, but I was a big fan of Tough Enough. So that was one of the few reality shows. And to bring it back to this show, who wants to be a superhero on sci-fi? That was one of the few reality sci-fi shows I enjoyed to no end feedback and all the guys who wanted to be a superhero and they had to make their own costumes and come up with their own concepts. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> that was, ah, 
there there were some actually really interesting fan produced uh, audio dramas based on the superheroes that came out of that that series or that that TV show. And the guy who won was very very happy to have won, and he actually did a lot of public appearances before people wondered, is it isn't it fifteen thirty or sixteen oh one on your fifteen minutes of fame? You, you really need to stop dressing like that, sir, at the Walmart. You, Captain you Sweatpants, stop. you must go back to the comic book store. <laughs> People at Walmart.com. <laughs> uh, I've wasted my life. You know? Yeah, pretty soon we're going to have, you know, cooking shows on the Golf Channel and fishing on Hallmark. And, you know, I mean, just all these niche channels are getting all screwed up because they're owned by this company uh, or that company. Sci-fi really Stick did lead the niche. way on that. No, you're right. Sci-fi led the way on that because I point to three letters, TLC, or what used to be known as at one time on your cable system, the learning channel, which Wait, what learning? What's I that? defy I you to find anything of learning well, on that channel well, now. You, you, I really you can do. learn on TLC. You, you can learn how not to hoard things. Uh, you can... You, you, you can <laughs> learn true. how not to dress your little girl as a princess and have her do pageants you you can learn that um uh-huh. and and yeah, and for for, for mothers yeah. that are doing that kind of thing they can learn don't eat until you get that large because a lot of those people are very very <laughs> very large i'll stick with chopped and food network gentlemen any final thoughts before we turn in this extra i think we've pretty well covered it <laughs> so it sure, sounds sure. to me it sounds to me with that resounding silence that you heard there that allows you to test the uh, hearing and tinnitus in your ears and your headphones uh, that we've reached the end of this EOL Extra on ideas of what you can do this summer that do not involve uh, sports, do not involve travel, uh, do yeah, not necessarily sports. involve family if that's the kind of shut-in you are. Uh, so you've got a lot of opportunities there and you can always let us know more of what you think about this show or any of our others by writing in at resources at serotalk.com. That's resources at serotalk.com. Leave us an eye report right there on iBlink Radio, available on iOS and Android. Drop us a line on Twitter, which is, of course, twitter.com slash show. And, of course, you can find me and my other alter ego, as well as the rock star, over at serotalk, S-C-R-O-T-A-L-K dot com. Byron, where can people find you, sir? Uh, they can find me over at byronlee.com. That's B-Y-R-O-N-L-E-E.com, where you can find archives of The Talk Zone, which is my weekly talk show where we cover pretty much everything geeky. Uh, and then, of course, The Fun Zone, which is my weekly comedy and demented music show. Well, Rodney, you guys did some demo cast not too long ago, right? I'm Rodney Edgar. You can find me on the Twitters at R-O-D-N-E-Y-E-D-G-A-R That's Rodney Edgar And you can head over to TechAccessWeekly.com Where we do some visually impaired uh, Demo casts And recently we have done One on Audible The Audible app for your iOS device Mostly and we also did One on the Stone Wave For all those people that want to make omelets That just can't quite master the fold So you can check those out As the two most recent ones over there and you can even check out books that you might want to read by checking out the Book Hoarders Anonymous podcast over at bhapodcast.com. Uh, try to put some things together. I do not read, but somebody else in the house does. This is true. And that person may show up in a uh, third chair one day because the rock star would like to talk books 
with that person. So that's going to be very interesting. Something to look forward to in the summer. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, you can also find uh, all three of us on a certain little show called Talk Home Trast, and that's over on the mm-hmm. Talk feed. So uh, check it out on iBlink Radio on the front there, too. And if you thought this was funny, you should actually hear us talking about iOS 7 and wrestling at the same time. Yes, we did manage to pull that off. Sounds strange, but you two will come away with a new mm, opinion of hurricanes. All that on High You, you went there. 21. You you. I do. You I went do. there. Awesome. Yes, you did. That and Tweet Tefa. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you soon with the Spheres in another episode or another noms. It all depends which races to the earwaves first. You get. Oh, my